Welcome to Escape from the Burnout Society podcast. As you know, this podcast is about chronic stress and burnout. I believe our society exposes us to unnecessary, unhealthy levels of stress, and that is the reason I called it the Burnout Society. I hope you find something here that you can apply in your life to help yourself escape from the Burnout Society. Hi everyone, this is the last episode of season number one and I decided to share with you some thoughts that are part of the best suggestions I would give to someone who, after a burnout or a time off, is going back to work. Have you ever had this feeling during a vacation that there are things in your life you would like to organize differently? so that you won't spend precious time of your holiday trying to distress yourself from all that work you had. After a time off, we go back to our old same routine and we wonder how to change this. And after burnout, we also want to do things in a very different way. So how can you reset yourself as often as necessary to remain centered and calm? Well, I will explain some techniques I have discovered to reset my system, to reset myself. And these reflections will also shed light on those factors that can have a negative influence on you when you lose touch with yourself. And as you know, this disconnection is one of the most characteristic signs caused by the burnout society, I think. And I call this episode Lessons of Burnout. So here we go. Let's talk first about rest and sleep. Some weeks ago, in episode number 16, I talked about the importance of sleep to avoid the accumulation of stress. It is particularly important to have a sound sleep every night because our body is able to recover in only 8 hours of quality rest But sleeping well is not as easy as it seems. Especially on those days when we go to bed with all kinds of thoughts and emotions that will not vanish as we close our eyes. Although my life is far not as stressful as it was, I sometimes have days full of activities and mixed emotions and these are not always easy to forget at the end of the day. For this reason, I give myself a moment after dinner to think about my day and my feelings about it. Is there something bothering me? And yes, sometimes there are thoughts and feelings that are making me feel very uneasy. Do you recognize this? Well, sometimes it is just not simple to pinpoint what is making you uneasy and clouding your sky. This is because there are many things that happen during a day, but not everything is so annoying, isn't it? It could be that you went to work and your colleagues made you feel again as if you are from outer space. Then you found out that your holiday plans are ruined again by unexpected outrageous increment of the airplane tickets. And you think, how can this be possible in the, in the low season? And just when you wanted to enjoy dinner with your lovely family, 
your children will start a fight with each other using your meatballs as ammunition. I guess everybody of everyone has had a day like this, seriously. And the problem is that if we can't make our thoughts and feelings change before going to bed, we will deprive ourselves from the sound sleep we deserve and definitively need. When this happens often, our body will produce cortisol because sleeping poorly makes our brain produce stress hormones. I learned the hard way. That's the only thing I can say. I learned really the hard way that sleep is the best and first investment I must take care of for my well-being. So when I can't sleep, I sit down and breathe. I discovered that doing a powerful breathing exercise will override any kind of annoying feeling or thought. And although this won't disappear just like that, the effects will be lessened. Some guests I interviewed, like Monica Peon, who is an Iyengar yoga teacher, and Jerome Verens, who know a lot about breathing, both told me that breathwork has the power to master the mind at any given time. And I found out that this is also true for me. And what kind of exercise is that? Well, it is so powerful that it takes only 90 breaths and 90 exhalations to clear my mind, or sometimes even less. It is the breath work Wim Hof has made famous, and it is derived from pranayama breathing exercises. It consists in filling your lungs as much as you can with air and letting the air flow out naturally, but still trying to empty your lungs. You inhale first, and then you exhale, and that will be the first count. As you pass number 20, you might feel a bit dizzy, and you might also feel tingling in your hands and feet. That is normal, a normal, very normal reaction to a controlled hyperventilation. So don't get scared, it's controlled. So you stop breathing, you, you stop doing the exercise, everything will stop. But anyway, please don't do breathing exercises while driving a car or swimming. That is really silly to do. Just sit down and practice in a quiet place. When you get to 30 counts, you empty your lungs and hold your breath for as long as you feel like. Then you breathe in deeply and hold the air inside for about 20 seconds. You will immediately feel a deep relaxation is taking you over. I usually do three times 30 counts, but if I'm in a hurry, I do only two times 30 counts. So 60 times reading can make my nervous system slow down and sleep. The Wim Hof breathing is explained on his website www.wimhofmethod.com. There are many other pranayama breathing exercises you can find on the internet, like on www.onemedical.com. And by the way, I am not sponsored by any of these two. There is another way that I have learned to reset myself and I use it to stop unconscious negative self-talk. By negative self-talk, I mean that we keep the count of all the things that go wrong during a day or a couple of days. And 
for an uncertain reason, we can just convince ourselves that more wrong is coming our way. We might tell ourselves, for example, we will not get our raise because we are not the pet of our boss and he or she dislikes us anyway. And we will feel happy and unhappy at the same time when somebody else gets a raise. In my experience, I can still remember the complaints I received from the members of the sports club where I was working for, and I can hardly remember the compliments I received. I discovered I am compliment repellent or compliment proof, as I call it. Not being able to acknowledge compliments is not the same as having a negative self-talk, but it's also not nice to yourself. Is that something I learned somewhere? Well, of course, many of us learn to put all our attention to the things we think we must improve and too little attention to those that are actually our strengths. Because the idea is to get better, faster, smarter and more productive every time, year after year, day after day. And that happens when we polish our defects, isn't it? And have you ever wondered if this behavior is sustainable? Well, you see, this misplaced attention can lead us to produce a mental state that becomes a background noise that is distorting the great music our lives can be. Because we get the habit of putting our energy on those things we are not and things we don't have. I always thought negative self-talk didn't happen to me until I began meditating and I learned to observe my thoughts. I want you to notice that not accepting a compliment, not celebrating your achievements or downgrading them is a negative self-talk in disguise. And in the same line, some people have told me they always expect the worst outcome because when things go wrong, they feel relief because they were prepared for it. Uh, seriously? I have changed my idea of expectations of any kind. I don't expect the worst or the best of any situation. I just try not to spend energy in expecting because I need this energy for the outcomes, whatever they are. Okay, so I was raised in a family where cuddling was not done and compliments were as usual as snow in the summer. How do I manage my compliment-proof behavior? Well, since like many of us, I learned it at a young age. And it is not so easy to change it, even though I am very conscious about it. The shortest way to look at a half-filled glass of water as it was a blessing is by drinking the water and just enjoy it. So, whenever I get a compliment from anyone, I say thank you and recognize the fact that someone took the effort to mention it. By doing this, I can feel gratitude, which is a positive feeling. You see, the idea is to lead our thoughts to the sunny side of the street so we can release oxytocin. That is one of the feel-good hormones and this is released when we receive a nice compliment or when, when we feel gratitude. This hormone is called the bonding hormone and it is produced in response to touch and 
other social interactions. And it is proven to counterbalance the effects of cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So, if I can't feel a compliment, I can still feel gratitude for it, and it gives about the same outcome. And this brings me to a third thing I can use to lower my stress when work stress is too high. For achieving this, I had to recondition myself, which is very difficult since most, most of our conditioning happened when we were too young to realize this was happening. From getting a candy as a reward when you were well behaved as a kid, to start smoking to be accepted when you were a teenager. We all learned conditioned behaviors, for good and for bad as well. But this doesn't mean you can't recondition yourself when you are older. We all can, but it takes patience and practice. What you need is to pinpoint what you want to achieve, practice the behavior and attach a lot of positive simulation to it. So you will make it a habit, and one day, the habit will be like your second skin. When I got burnt out some years ago, I wanted to feel good by running and doing exercise. Unfortunately, this was not possible, with the low energy I had for months. But for me, running was the cheapest, best therapy I ever had. I learned it at a young age. And not being able to run or do any other kind of sport complicated me, complicated my recovery. So I thought, what is it that I need the most from running? Feeling fit and the runner's high was my answer. So I began my search by reading about meditation te techniques and by trying different things. I discovered I was able to get a runner's high-like experience while sitting on my sofa. And no, I was not smoking weed, I swear. And what is a runner's high anyway? The best way to find out is to put your shoes on and start running at a steady pace for a while. Although nobody knows how this exactly works, it seems that long sessions of a cardiovascular effort stimulates receptors in our brain called endocannabinoids. When these receptors are stimulated, we feel good. So that's the high. Another theory says we release endorphins. These are other kinds of feel-good hormones that take our pain away and this, this gives us a boost to go on and on with our running session. This wonderful flow happens at a comfortable, steady pace and it can last for many minutes. And after that, you will feel strong, happy and able to handle the world just as it is. And yes, by meditating, you can achieve something remarkably similar. And what kind of meditation is this? It is a heart meditation. And you will say, Gabriela is out of her mind. Well, burnout pushed me to do things I would have never tried before. And I am here to say it is worth to try it. Okay, so how do we do that? It is easier than you think. 
but at the beginning you will need some relaxing music that inspires you to think about the nicest things that you have seen and experienced in your life. Things that move you deep inside. And I'm not talking about the chocolate cake in the fridge. I am talking about things that make you feel at all peaceful and happy. You close your eyes if you want and then you play your favorite calm music on your headphones if you have one and breathe through your heart. What? Yes, imagine you have a big third lung in your chest that can breathe. Breathe slowly while thinking about the best things in your world. There you go. Just let go. Stay there for at least 10 minutes. To make this, ha this a habit, you need to enjoy it. Everything about this moment should be pleasant. With practice, you will easily reach this state when only listening to the music. Because it will remind you about your experience. With time, you will depend less on music and will be able to experience these feelings almost instantly. So instead of cortisol running through your body, you will release oxytocin at will. That is the power of healthy habits, my friends. If you want to read the scientific approach to heart meditations, have a look at the Heart Math Institute website, which um, has a lot of research on this topic. Whether you want to look at it from a scientific point of view or from a spiritual point of view, the release of endorphins and oxytocin is healthy, cheap and within the reach of everyone. And by the way, I'm also not sponsored by the HeartMath Institute. I will write the links anyway in the description of this episode. Okay, everyone, I want to thank you for listening. I hope you can use my experience and diminish the effects of the burnout society in your life. I will have no solo podcast for a while. This Friday, I have a wonderful guest. Her name is Martine van den Doel. Martine is a young Dutch psychologist that worked for a big multinational company when she got struck by a burnout. We will talk about the stigma of burnout and how her life was enriched by her burnout. <laughs>